We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. DFS podcast. I'm Joe Bartle, back from the long NBA All-Star Weekend break, and alongside me, as always, Ben Miller. Ben, how you doing? Good to be back, dude. There's a lot of stuff that went on for the duration of the two weeks, I think it was. That just was about. Between, yeah, it was just about our last time here. I yeah. mean, there. I mean, you're absolutely right. There was a lot of stuff. We had the trade deadline. We had the All-Star game going on. We had a few like Twitter skirmishes happening around that time. Oh too. yeah, there was just there was a lot of action going on when there's not supposed to be a lot of action. So that kind of interesting. I'm glad to get back into the DFS slate and uh, really break down these games. Thankfully, there aren't a lot more 14, 12, 10 game slates going on anymore. So we. I think that kind of uh, put us through the fire a little bit. Now we're on to a better track. Here. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're easing up on us <laughs> yeah. now. We we made it through the tough portion. Um, but yeah, uh, did you catch any of the All Star? I didn't get or? to watch much of it. I, I love Giannis, so yeah. I got to see a little bit of Giannis highlights and Anthony Davis just crushing it too. Right. Uh, but that was really it for All Star Weekend. I did not get to see like the rookie All Star game and the three point shootout dunk contest. I heard wasn't that great, but I didn't get to see any of that stuff. So you'd have to kind of fill me in on what was good and what was not. I I didn't watch any of the, like the skills competitions. Yeah. I, I watched the dunk competition. Really weak. And it's probably it was, because the big names aren't there. I, yeah, yeah. I wish I wish we had those days where we could have Vince Carter dunking and like oh my LeBron. God, yeah. like, I just I'm not enamored with uh, Zach Levine dunking just because he's not that big name yet, and maybe that's yeah. my problem. But there was a time when we would have greats and legends competing in that because right. they wanted to win. 
but now it's no one wants to get injured and everything like that. Well, they don't so want to look annoying. Bad. I think that's the thing now right. with social media today. You just don't want to look bad. You don't want to miss your first three dunks. Oh, and then you get in the fourth one, but you still have all that film out there of them missing those three. That... Right. They, they think there's nothing left to prove there, I guess. So. I, I hate I mean, that. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Um, I did unfortunately see part of the celebrity all-star game. That was about the worst thing I've ever seen. I normally like the celebrity all-star game. I was happy Kevin Hart wasn't there for the first time in forever. I was so sick of him. He, he was so annoying. The He's whole your time. four-time MVP though. Ben. Yeah. I, oh man. I'm just glad he retired from the game. Hopefully retired from it. Um, well, just wait till he needs to do another marketing stunt yet. True. true. I like Kevin Hart, so I'm not going to knock him. No, and I do too. Like I like his stand up and everything like that. But you don't like him on the court? Oh, he was he was so annoying. <laughs> it was it got he was a little overboard, and he's like that, that usually. Yeah, that's but fair. That's fair. I don't know. It was it was a struggle, but uh, the actual All Star game was really fun, mostly because Giannis was yeah. like the only one trying. The whole time, like nonstop. Which it was, was his coming out party. Well, yeah, I think this whole season is coming out party. Right? Oh, absolutely. Like he was on the verge of superstardom, and now he is. Right. I think he is a superstar, and it's you're seeing the culmination of it. And the great part of it is that you know he can still be better. Like there are still oh, things yeah. that He's can make so him better. much more to grow. Yeah. But there, like that's the great thing that we're, we're now. I think the whole world is seeing what Giannis is capable of, and. Honestly, getting him on that five-year deal, like I think it was around $100 million that they signed earlier this offseason, that's just looking unbelievably cheap with with how he's developed as a player. Yeah. Oh, and th- The worst part of it is is Jabari Parker and how good like they were yeah. playing together. I don't and know. That, it, like, oh, it makes man. me really worry as a Bucks fan if they will ever be able to come back to that level. I mean, this is the second knee surgery now for Jabari, second serious knee, uh, serious knee surgery. So... I'm I'm very worried as a Bucks fan that we might never get to see what those two could be capable of. Right, we're always going to get diminished Jabari Parker now, and I think I liked Chris Middleton too. I, I still like him, but we have yet to see how he's really going to be able to come back after his uh, long term absence injury. It, it feels like a what could have been situation, and yep. it's really sad because. Giannis is still in his like he's not even in his prime yet. Right. No. Yeah. He's still on the way up. For but sure. it still feels like that way with that Bucks team. Like what could have been with these with this group. Right. What well, we had and uh, the injuries, man, they're killing us. Well, definitely the biggest trade of of the trade deadline and All Star Weekend was the Bucks trade where they got rid of Roy Hibbert. Right, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> easily, easily that big second. Like, I think it might have been a protected yeah, second round. Yeah, they're not pick, even getting that which second is round pick. Ridiculous. Like I don't even. I've never even heard of that. No, no. Um, the Heat used to do that all the time back when they had LeBron and Dwayne and. Chris yeah. Bosch, they have to send that protected second round pick yeah. on somebody. Yeah, no, I mean, seriously, though, that wasn't, I think the biggest deal in my mind was DeMarcus Cousins moving. Yeah. That was right before the trade deadline. Like the trade deadline itself was, I would say, lackluster. Yeah, there, uh, nothing really went on, you know. It was all the big trades happened at least like a, a week beforehand. So there wasn't anything like, you know, big fireworks at the end. So if the big names weren't being talked about traded, like Jimmy Butler and Paul George, if, if none of those guys were on the table, would you have thought this trade deadline was better? Um, no. No? I don't, I don't think so. So I, I was thinking, yes, because I wouldn't have been expecting anything to be so good, right? It's like I was I mean, that at least gave expecting. you some chatter, you know, something to, to yeah, think about. Yeah, but it was a total letdown. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Like, because George and Butler didn't move, right? it felt like a letdown. The Celtics did absolutely nothing. That was a letdown. Yeah. You know, we, we heard about what the Lakers could be trying to do, getting Paul George, um, and there are still some other things that you were thinking happening 
and none of it did. That's where I felt like if Butler and George weren't even in the conversation, would this have been a better deadline? I'm like, oh, maybe, yeah, actually. Because there was some compelling moves. I think that what the Raptors did getting P.J. Tucker yeah. on top of Serge Ibaka for really nothing was a big deal, especially with Kevin Love being out for such a long time with the Cavs. Right. And, I, I loved uh, the Rockets picking up Lou Williams. And for a first-round pick, that probably won't be anywhere. No, I'll be in like the 20s or... And probably late 20s, too, right, right. If, if the Rockets do what we are expecting to. Yeah. That's... A, that's a great move by them too. So I thought there was really compelling moves, and we're not even talking about Nerlens Noel yet. Yeah, no Nerlens Noel, even Bojan Bogdanovic to the Wizards. Yeah, I don't care about that one. That's just no, a that's, U trade. That's a decent one too. No, man. that's just a U trade. No, stop it. Oh come on, he's a great shooter. The Wizards. <laughs> he's a great shooter. He's under forty percent from three point. Right. Normally, like <laughs> I get that he's down right now, but um, no, like this. Uh, the Wizards like came out of nowhere. They're like second or third in the East right now. So right. when they can add a guy like that who can score, I think that's and great. And again, it was really for, for not that much of like a late first-round pick right. in that deal yeah. as well. You saw a lot more first-round picks move than we have in past years, but it's all contending teams trying to make their se- themselves better. Yeah. My thing is I don't think they did, though. I, I don't think anybody got good enough to really take on the Cavs or the Warriors. No, I, yeah, I agree. That's that's hard to do. It is. Um, it is, really especially when do. the Cavs are about to add Darren Williams, Andrew and, Bogut for and, for nothing. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, come on, right? The, and that's kind of the the whole sham of this thing is that right. really the biggest winners of the trade deadline were the Cavs and right. could be and the Warriors yeah, too. You know? I, I was reading a couple of Twitter posts talking about how there should be like you know restrictions on that, but. I don't. I don't know. That's, I, that's how tough. can you restrict that? Though? Right, it's like the amount of players you can have for buyouts and that type of oh, thing. Oh, okay. Um, so you can only get one buyout person, right? Something per... like something along those All lines. Right. But I, I guess I could see it. But that kind of adds a little bit of intrigue. I, I just yeah. don't understand why teams would do the buyout. Like, so I get it a little bit with the Seventy Sixers. You're trying to free up some minutes at the center spot for other people. Um, but you really don't have anybody at this point. I guess it's just Jaleel Okafor that's going to be playing center with right. Embiid likely done for the season. I don't understand really why the Mavs waived Darren Williams other than to give Yogi a little more time. Yeah, it's probably just player development at this point, you know, dumping some older guys for some younger guys. I mean, it makes sense, but yeah. it's yeah. just it sucks that, you know, the Cavaliers can just walk in here and take both guys right. and then bolster, you know, their roster that's already the best, you know, one of the best in the league. If we get Cavs Warriors part 3, do you when? think when you we think get when? All right, fine. You could say <laughs> when. No I'm if. saying an if. It's when. I'm saying if right it's now. When. But I think the odds are definitely in that uh, in that favor. If we get Cavs <laughs> Warriors Part Three, does Bogut clothesline three Warrior members or four? At least three. At uh, least three. I'm not over under three. I'll give you that. I'll, I'll take. <laughs> we need the odds on this right now. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, but yeah, no, there, there'd be some serious revenge uh, revenge game potential there. So that'd be fun. All right, we we talked enough about All Star Weekend trade deadline, everything else. Let's go ahead and get back into the NBA. Let's get back into NBA DFS. We're back. We have a seven game uh, Monday slate. But before we really dive into that, let's let's take a look at what happens Sunday's action. I think it's actually a little bit interesting. Going off the perfect optimizer for Rotowire from yesterday's lineup, we had Damian Lillard against the Raptors at 8,300, Chris Paul against the Hornets at 8,600. Two like middling, not I guess not middling tier, but certainly not high price point guard options that really performed well on Sunday's game. Um, at shooting guard, we had Nicholas Batum going against the Lakers at 7,100, and Catavius Caldwell Pope going against the Celtics at 5,300. At small forward, we saw T.J. Warren going against the Bucks at 5,200, and Jay Crowder going against the Pistons at 5,800. And to round out the Raptor. Rotowire optimizer lineup from Sunday. We had Serge Ibaka against the Trailblazers at 5,900, and Blake Griffin 
against the Hornets at 9,500. And Alan Williams, who we've seen kind of get in, get in the way sometimes with this stuff, at the center spot going against the Bucks at 4,000. So any takeaways from the perfect lineup from Sunday's uh, optimizer there? Yeah, well, now that we're fresh off the trade deadline, I thought it was actually, you know, one thing I noticed, we're already kind of seeing the impact of some of those trades. Yeah. You know, Serge Ibaka, you obviously traded from the Magic to the Raptors, one of the top performers with the an 18.10 rebound double-double. You know, he looks to, like, he finally solidified the uh, the power of four position for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. Uh, TJ Warren is actually another guy on here that uh, benefited from the deadline deals. You know, the Suns shipped P.J. Tucker out to the Raptors. Um, that freed up a ton more minutes for Warren. So he, he logged 38 and 39 minutes over the last two games now that Tucker's no longer there. So he's a guy, you know, I'm looking at moving forward as someone who's going to continue to, you know, up their production for sure. I thought it was interesting that there's not a single person, single player over 10,000 on yeah, the price tag. Yeah. And that was six games, too. So we have a seven-game lineup tonight, six games on Sunday, and not a single person over 10,000. And we had people playing like Giannis and, and other guys like that. Yeah. Not a single person over 10,000 in there. So I think that's kind of suggesting what you have been doing for your lamps now for a little while is that maybe we don't want to go top-heavy on these DFS players, that maybe we want to stick to more of the 5000 to 6000 price guys and then focus on one individual who we think will do well. In this case, if you look at Damian Lillard and Chris Paul, who are at 83 and 8600 respectively, that's really good price for two guys we know can score really well um, can and fill up a different categories as well, too. So I think that the optimizer, at least Sunday slate, was suggesting that the thread you've been using lately yeah. might be the way to go. Yeah, and it's interesting. I, I like using, uh, you know, you you know my love with of Russell Westbrook. Right. I love using guys yes. that guys like him. Um, but yeah, I think it's all ba- if you if they don't have that like great matchup, you, I feel like you at this point you kind of want to avoid that and pay down a little bit so you can you know bolster some of those lower lower tier you know guys. So you're not forced to do thirty seven hundred guys, thirty eight. Right. But then yeah, like you said, you can have those low five thousands instead, which have the higher um, you know, at least top price. Yeah, yeah top I mean, they they have the chance to perform, not even like better than what you're expecting. They have a they have a better chance of performing what you need them to. Right. They have the higher ceiling. And, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the way that it seems like we should be trending more with these lineups. So it's in- interesting to look at when you when you pull out the optimizers from previous games and say, okay, here's how these things worked out. I think it's something to keep an eye on, especially for the seven game slate that we have on Monday. Um, we'll see if we can find more of those type of people that we can kind of plug into our lineup and then fit around elsewhere. Right, and it's something you can find on the website. Around. I mean, we've mentioned it before, but you can always go to our daily section and check out you know yesterday's optimal lineup. So that's something we always have available. Yeah. All right, so let's break down Monday's um, NBA DFS slate. We have seven games going on. I've, I've mentioned that a few times, mainly because I'm just so thankful it's not 14 games. Um, <laughs> but starting out at 7 o'clock Eastern time, we have the 76ers, Warriors, Raptors, Knicks, and Bucks, Cavs. Moving over to 7.30 Eastern time, we have Hawks-Celtics. And then at 8.30 Eastern time, we have the Heat and Mavericks. Rounding out the final two games of the seven-game slate is the Pacers and Rockets at 9.30 Eastern time and Timberwolves-Kings at 10.30 Eastern time. Because we had the All-Star break, and and I think we're seeing a lot more teams either – uh, getting their guys healthy and just saying, all right, let's do this, we're going for the long stretch, or saying, no, we're shutting you down for the rest of the season. There hasn't been a lot of really major injuries to keep note of, so we'll kind of move through a lot of these games quickly. The 76ers and Warriors, one big name, again, a 10,000 price guy, Kevin Durant, game-time decision with a hand injury against the 76ers. He is expected to play. He missed Saturday's game against the Nets. Uh, I, I think that it's seeming like Durant's going to play, but Honestly, against the 76ers, I don't know how much the Warriors really decide to play him. So he's one of those guys I'm looking at staying away from, potentially. Yeah, that's pretty risky, especially, like you said, he's one of the 10,000, 10, like 
ten thousand nine hundred or something like that. He's close to that. At I least. mean, and you need those guys. If if you use a guy like uh, like that, you absolutely need them to go off. So right, that's that's. A little too risky for me, too. I'm probably avoiding him as well. On the 76ers side, we know that Andrew Bogut will not be playing. Uh, we're expecting him to go over to the Cavaliers once the buyout is complete, along with Darren Williams. Uh, the other side, we just the news kind of broke a little bit earlier today. Joel Embiid is likely out for the season with his recurring knee injury. Uh, that's that's a big blow to 76ers fans, but that actually might open the door for Dario Saric to, to get some rookie of the year potential contention out of that yeah Sark's been really good uh, recently that's that's someone uh, at least season-long leagues that you know people should be taking taking into consideration now I think um Fandle's already kind of adjusted the price yes. on him yeah he's um, actually up in the seven thousand. yeah but mm-hmm. he's still I mean he's still playing great so. yeah moving over to the Raptors Knicks matchup again a few injuries to note here which is kind of surprising given the rest of the slate Kyle Lowry's a game time decision with a wrist injury but we're not really expecting him to play. He didn't play Sunday against the Trailblazers. If Lowry's out, and again, we're expecting that to be the case, Corey Joseph is the guy to target. Um, Chris Stapps Porzingis from the Knicks side is now doubtful with an ankle injury. He's unlikely to play. In fact, the Knicks play Tuesday and Wednesday this week, so there's a chance that Chris Stapps might not even play at all uh, for this stretch. It would be kind of a big blow for what I would really call the Knicks reeling at this point. I mean, they've they've lost... Uh, well, they didn't really lose Mello, but I feel like they've lost the locker room, the, Phil Jackson, and we have the whole uh, Charles Oakley thing. And, and now we also have Joe King Noah, who is going to miss his seventh straight game. He has arthroscopic knee surgery, and he's likely done for the rest of the year. Heck, so Brandon Jennings just got waived today, too. Yeah, he wanted exactly. out. I mean, everyone wants out. Well, good for Brandon Jennings, at least, to get <laughs> out of that situation. But everyone else is stuck there hurt trying to play or listening to whatever squabbling is going on between Phil and Yeah, Carmelo. I got to get I got to get a good chuckle out of the, the Jennings situation though. I think someone mentioned it was like uh that he wanted to go to a, a contender or something like that. And then I think just recently we saw that he was favored to to be signed by the Hornets who are like a game ahead of the Knicks. <laughs> so, I just got a good chuckle. Out of I that. don't think there's a really a big market for Brandon Jennings. I mean, no, he did I'm, all right with the Knicks this year, but certainly not like right. eye-popping. And he also doesn't have that great of a past history like someone like Darren Williams yeah. who was a perennial all-star earlier in his career Jennings had his moments with the Bucks but he wasn't ever like this star and I think he's got a little bit of an attitude issue too that right. that might also turn teams off so yeah I'm not really surprised that Jennings is not drumming up the market right now <laughs> <laughs> moving over to the Bucks Cavs we know Chris Milton will be out uh, in Monday's game just coming off of like rest here he's played recently after coming over the injury so I think that he'll probably play again uh, when they, the Bucks take the court next, but at least for Monday's game against the Cavs, he's out. Kevin Love, we know he's out for a while after surgery. Kyle Korver is questionable with a knee injury. He did participate in Monday's shoot-around, so there's a chance he could play. I'm curious if the if the Cavs just want to even go hard in this game. The Bucks could be potentially a team that they face in the playoffs, uh, and they've played them very well in the regular season too, so they might just not want to show their hand at all, especially with LeBron James also being a game-time decision with an illness. The Cavs might just decide to punt altogether on this game. I'm not entirely sure, but it's definitely something to keep your eye out on. Yeah, I have a feeling, knowing LeBron, I, I doubt he'll he'll sit out two games in a row. I just I don't see that happening. And it's it's a nationally televised game, True. too. So that could play a factor. I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't know how much that actually plays a factor into it. But, um, but yeah, it's a TNT game. So yeah. gotta love the Bucks getting That's that airtime. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Rocketing through the last four games, we have the Hawks and Celtics. Avery Bradley's a game time decision with his Achilles injury. He's missed 18 straight contests as of Sunday, but he is very, very close to returning. In fact, some are speculating he will return tonight against the Celtics. So it may be seen uh, if we will see Avery Bradley or not, but that could make a big difference for Jalen Brown. The Heat and Maver- uh, Mavericks game, we know J.J. Barea will be out with the calf injury. He did practice last week, so his return is also inevitable. 
but we have Yogi Ferrell until then. So right on board that cartoon bear train right now. Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, Pacers Rockets, Al Jefferson is a game time decision. He's almost a minimum price center. So it's not like this is a big deal, but he's missed the last two straight contests with a pain in his mouth following dental procedure surgery, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then finally, the Timberwolves and Kings, Garrett Temple will be out. He's missed 11 straight games with a hamstring injury. And Aaron Aflalo is questionable with a hamstring injury. Oh, wow. I can't even say (laughs) a hamstring injury, Injury? Ben. Please. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Aaron Aflalo likely (laughs) to be not playing against the uh, Timberwolves. Not really a big deal, except we kind of want to see how the Kings are developing their their shooting guard, small forward playing time because they acquired so many people in that DeMarcus Cousins deal. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we kind of went through a lot of those injuries. I I stumbled through half of them, so it's okay if you didn't catch them all, Ben. But is there any one that you really are are picking up for the DFS lineup today? Yeah, I think uh, from our talk before the pot, we're kind of on the same page here with that um, that Raptors-Knicks game. Uh, I think there's some value on the Knicks side. You know, Porzingis is likely out. Noah's now expected to probably miss the rest of the season. So that that's likely a heavy dose of Willie Hernan Gomez, um, potentially even Kylo Quinn too. Um, Hernan Gomez's price has kind of already been adjusted. He's up at 5,900. You know, while filling in, so there's not as much upside there. But that's still a guy who can double double. Uh, I think he's he's around the that he's hovered around that 30 Fanduel point over the last four games. So there's definitely value there. And, and I don't know if the Knicks actually are going to go bigger, you know, using O'Quinn and Hernan Gomez at power forward and center together, or if they'll use a guy like Lance Thomas. But um, if they do go big, I, I think O'Quinn's someone you can you can maybe target too. You know, he's only 4,500. And when he gets minutes, he's, he's also a double-double threat guy. So I think that's a situation to monitor for sure. Well, and Lance Thomas is actually near the, the minimum priced yeah, area yeah. too. So if they decide to go small, which – is a distinct possibility with how the Raptors like to construct their lineups. Right, we could see Thomas doing really well. So I'm I'm staying away from that situation on the Knicks side only because I don't know which one's going to do well. Yeah, I think yeah. Hernan Gomez would be the first guy I'd put money on, but I think Fanduel has accurately priced him around that six thousand range where you're saying, okay, I'm going to have to move, maybe move away from better center options because I know what I'm getting here. So yeah, yeah. not really touching that game, but I think. The other side of that, the Raptors, is a lot more curious. We we talked about the Kyle Lowry injury. I think that everybody and their mother is going to be on Corey Joseph tonight if yep. if Kyle Lowry's out like we were expecting him to be. Um, but I don't think he's a guy that you can really pivot away from at this point. Um, he's recorded six assists in each of the last two games, and he's played 30-plus minutes. He's scored 10-plus points. The Knicks really aren't good defensively at point guard. Derrick Rose certainly isn't the guy that I value as a defensive guy. And at around 4,400, that's a really, really nice price to have for a guy that's playing 30-plus minutes yep. and likely getting 10-plus points, 5-plus assists. I think that's you know like a guaranteed 20 points, and that's right around that times 5 floor that we're looking at for our players. So I think everyone's playing Corey Joseph, but I'm not sure you want to really stray away from him tonight. Yeah, that, I think it's for good reason that people are playing him. You know, it's a guy that's going to hit or that that's hit twenty six and twenty five Fanduel points the last two games. So, uh, right. that's that's great value for someone. You know, at forty four hundred, I believe you said. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 definitely focusing on on him too. Is is one of my cheaper options along with Corey Joseph? Is there any other guys around that forty five or under price tag that you think? could do pretty well uh, on Monday's slate here. Yeah, I did mention Kyle Quinn, 4,500. You know, yeah. that's if he's a starter. So that's going to be somewhere to something to monitor, you know, before that game starts. Otherwise, uh, Kyle Korver, I know he's a game-time decision, uh, but he's always an interesting play. You know, he, his numbers are kind of volatile. He's, he's at that 4,400 price, struggled to just 16 FanDuel points on Saturday, but he had 20, 28 and 20, 36 in, in the previous two. So there's right. upside there. Like, this guy can go off at any given time. And, you know, when, when people have to keep up with Kyrie and LeBron and he just gets 
um, you know, he's, he's just getting dished the ball and wide open. So, um, yeah, I think there's definitely value there. Bucks haven't been great at defending that small forward shooting guard spot really either. And that makes a big difference to me where I think as long as Corver is knocking down those shots and he has been since he's won over to the Cavs, I think I read somewhere that he's shooting over 50% from three point line, yeah. which is, which is pretty incre- incredible because yeah, he wasn't, I think huge. he's around closer to 35 to 38 with the Hawks. Um, he's obviously, I think getting better shot percentages because the looks are better. Like he's not having to force it things. He's not rolling off that screen as much. I think LeBron and Kyrie driving to the paint, kicking out, that's, that's opening up mm-hmm. the shots. So yeah, Corver's a guy that you definitely can rely on. I think for a minimum priced or closer to minimum price guy, a few of the names that I'm just going to throw out there. I think Jalen Brown, with the Celtics at 3,700. If Avery Bradley does not start, he's a guy that you can definitely plug in at a small forward spot that actually is a little testy when you have, when you see that LeBron and Durant are, injury game time decision kind of guys like oh maybe you don't want to go high price at the small forward spot so Jalen Brown's the way to go CJ Miles another small four that I thought at 4100 he's starting or he has been starting lately maybe you can get some minutes against the Rockets um DeMar Carroll who I always love it feels like <laughs> 4300 again he's playing 30 plus minutes that's not bad uh for that price tag at power forward I liked David West at 3600 and Derek Williams at 4000 if LeBron is not playing um, but I wouldn't really feel like either of them are going to be fantastic options. In fact, David West, I'm just anticipating the Warriors blowing out the 76ers. So I'm hoping that he maybe gets, you know, 20, 25 minutes where he can just kind of pile on at the end. Again, that's if you want to do this. Um, I, I've i been really prone to not going for a whole bunch of high-priced guys, but this is one of the few times where if you felt like it, if you felt like having two, three, four, ten thousand 10,000-plus-priced guys in there, you probably could be able to fit it in. Because we're still reeling a little bit off the trade deadline, and we see a lot of good teams going against really bad teams, which could make for some interesting plays at the end. So this is one of the few times where I'd say, if you felt like going high uh, with three, four, five, ten thousand price guys, this could be the chance to do it. Yeah, and it's interesting because I mean, we had those fourteen game slates, and there's a couple of times where we actually struggled to find that value. Exactly. In the and now that we're at a seven seven game um, situation, and there's actually a bunch of guys, you know, that priced pretty low that are. But pretty decent. So, I mean, it is interesting. I, I think Jalen Brown's a guy you mentioned. If if Avery Bradley's not there, I, I do like him. And he's been one you've targeted in the past. Too. Yeah. I mean, you've been high on Jalen Brown before, and I, I haven't really had a chance to see him until I actually sat down and watched some YouTube videos. I mean, I, you've talked about him highly before. This is not the first podcast we brought him up. So Yeah, the thing, he doesn't have, like, the, the greatest upside. You know, he's right. like he's a guy that's going to get you in the 20, 25 to, like, 30 on a good night. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like he's going to go off for 40 or 50. Like, there's no chance, um, in my opinion, for him to do that. But he is a guy that, you know, when you're paying down this low, that's that if, if he can get that 25 to 30 Fanduel points, that's, that's, that's fantastic. a huge boost. Yeah. Right. Yep. And that's what we're looking for at this point. Again, I think that we are able to find these cheap options because we're seeing so many good teams going against bad teams. So if you are of the opinion that the good team will blow out the bad team, as I am with the Warriors of the 76ers, you could see a few more bench guys get minutes. Right. You might see Durant sitting less than he needs to. You might see uh, Steph Curry sit a little bit less than we all know about his ankle history past. Like, it, we're, We have an opportunity here. If you felt like going high-priced in a whole different spots, and, and there's a few options you might be able to combine together with some lower price guys. Right, exactly. All right, so we're going to break out a new segment for the NBA Fantasy DFS podcast. Would you rather? So okay. pretty pretty easy game when we were kids. Is this uh, like would you rather eat a eat a pile of worms or like yeah, a bag the, of dirt? Yeah, exactly, except okay. not nearly as gross <laughs> uh, as this. I mean, I guess maybe. It depends on what your opinions are of Isaiah Thomas, James Harden, Greek Freak, and Carl Anthony Towns. Because, true. Ben, would you rather play... Isaiah Thomas, James Harden, 
or Greek Freak and Carl Anthony Towns. You can only play those two. Okay. Which one would I, you do? Honestly, I think I'd rather go uh, Isaiah Thomas and James Harden. Uh, I think Giannis. I, I do think Giannis is one of the better plays on the night. You know, when you're looking at the those higher priced guys. But if I'm pairing a couple of these guys on the top, um, I'm looking Thomas and Harden. Um, I really think Thomas's matchup against the Hawks is really good. I think they're like one of the top ten worst teams uh, for points given up to mm-hmm. two point guards. You know, that's my favorite stat. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm just trying to schmooze you here on them. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'll wait to talk a little bit more about him when we reveal our lineups, considering I may or may not have him in there. (laughs) Ben, why are we doing this foreshadowing? We've been doing so good in this. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, for Harden, yes, he's expensive as hell. You know, he's, what is he, I mean, he's he's above 12,000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's Russell Westbrook price, which is why I figured you would go with this route. True. If I had to predict it, I've been like, oh yeah, Ben's definitely going to suggest James Harden because he's over (laughs) 12,000. Dude, you can't help yourself. You can always rely on the (laughs) monster production of James Harden. You're right, I can (laughs) Um, but no, Thomas is priced a little lower than usual. So I think there's, there's an opportunity if you're using those two to potentially, you know, uh, pair those up without having serious issues below because of Harden's, you know, monster salary. I picked these top, these four players because they were the top four salary prices on FanDuel, taking away LeBron and Kevin Durant, because we don't know if they're going to play. And I didn't didn't really want to mess around with that one. So We're looking at the uh, the top four price. So James Harden, obviously, you just mentioned, alluded to that. He's the highest priced option on the, on tonight's slate, over twelve thousand. We have Isaiah Thomas, who has been around ten thousand before the All Star break, and he's definitely under ten thousand. I think he's I think, like ninety three hundred. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Ninety three hundred. So we're combining the top guy and the fourth highest guy, and then Greek Freaks at ten thousand nine hundred, and I think Carl Anthony Towns is ten thousand six hundred. So you got the two there are roughly the same price. I would go the route of the second option, so Greek Freak and Carl Anthony Towns. If only because I just don't really feel comfortable doing that twelve thousand price right. with Harden. I get it; he's he's amazing. Uh, the Pacers are actually a pretty good defensive team at the shooting guard spot, but at this point, Rockets are going to get what they want. Like it's just going to happen, and they're going to just go through whatever defense they're playing, minus maybe the Jazz. I would take Harden's numbers and and just assume that he's going to get every single night. But I really think that Greek Freak's in a better spot um, against the Cavs. You know, he always likes to show up against the Cavaliers, right? And being in a primetime game, like you were saying with TNT, yeah, yeah. this is a time for him to stand out. And the Bucks are struggling a little bit. They need this win. Cavs, not so much. I, I really think that you're going to see a big statistical night from Greek Freak. So maybe you're looking at 25 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists kind of thing. That's not unheard of, especially against the Cavaliers. And if he throws in a block or a steal or two, I, I can definitely see that, especially if the Cavs decide, no, we're going to take it a little bit easy tonight. And on the other side, Carl Anthony Towns, Actually, the, you know, the Kings have been pretty good defensively at center, which I was surprised to see that. Yeah, I actually looked at that, too, and that, that kind of pushed me away, but yeah, yeah, it definitely surprised me as well. Well, I just thought, you know, DeMarcus Cousins has this bad rep as, you know, not really a defensive-oriented center. But here the Cav- uh, I'm sorry, the Kings are around lower tier of FanDuel points given up to centers throughout the year. So then I checked and saw what they have done without DeMarcus Cousins on there. And not surprising, they're actually even better at uh, defense. They let up. Uh, 23 points to Kaminsky on Saturday. We love Kaminsky. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, that can go both ways. He's not necessarily a center. He can play power forward, too. Right, so right. he'll get his points one way or another. At the same time, Carl Anthony Towns just really, really good. And he'll get his rebounds if he doesn't get his points. Yeah. And he'll get his blocks if he doesn't get his rebounds. You're going to get FanDuel production from Carl Anthony Towns one way or another. So if you had to pay up for two of those four guys, 
I'm definitely going Greek freaking Carlos Towns. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a fair approach. I just, for me, it's more about salaries in this situation because I like that Thomas is so, so cheap and, you know, that allows you to get, you know, Harden in there. Um, but I do see an argument to be made with Giannis and Cat. I'm, I'm not that high on Cat for tonight's game. Um, I just, I, I don't think, I, I think, that, like you said, the Sacramento's defense is, is yeah. so, it's decent. Um, surprisingly. Well, and it might be that they just are um, lower scoring too. Like there right. just won't yeah, be just as be much scoring that happens yeah. in that game. Yeah. And that's a very real possibility, but I think the potential of what Giannis is going to be able to do outweighs the negatives that I do admit and see with Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. I also think that there are quite a bit of options at point guard um, as opposed to center that I like this round. And that's kind of different because most center time or most times on when we're doing these podcasts, I look and like, oh, I want the cheaper center because you could kind of get it to work whatever way you want. Besides Hernan Gomez, there weren't really any center options that really stood out to me. So if you want to go high price, this is one of those nights at center where I feel comfortable with suggesting that. Yeah, that's that's understandable. I'm still going cheaper for myself. I, I think um, I think you're right that there's not as many um, lower, cheaper guys on the center uh, side of things where it's um, you know you absolutely need to do that to to fill in elsewhere. But uh, I just yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of paying up for cat. It's it's just it's 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 a agree to disagree type of situation. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why this is would you rather and not exactly. you know like Ben, you have to do this. Yeah, which would be a really bad segment name, but you know this True. is this is the NBA DFS Monday Rotowire show, so probably could have a better name for this entirely too. <laughs> Before we get to the Rotowire optimizer for tonight's game, let's go ahead and break down a few of our sponsors. Baseball is just around the corner, Ben. Right on. Right. Uh, nada. Yeah, let's go. We yeah. love baseball. Baseball. Come on. Let's do this. Don't get stranded on first base, base without a Rotowire subscription, and don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six month Rotowire subscription. Yes, you heard me, Ben, and everyone else. Free. Free. Free, yes. free Rotowire subscription. Go to fanduel.com slash Rotowire to claim the prize. Must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible. Users may only establish one account on FanDuel. Again, Free Rotowire subscription for six months. That's Rotowire. I'm sorry, that's fanduel.com slash Rotowire. Six months. That's a long time. That's that's a long that's, time. That's a great deal. That's a really great that deal. It is. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say about it because it's just that great. No, it's great. <laughs> Get on it. Okay. No, but the other the other one I want to talk about today was pristine auctions, Ben. I'm a huge fan of collecting autographs and other sports paraphernalia. I think I actually have like 10 or 12 uh, autographed helmets in my apartment right now. And an autographed Scooter Jeanette Bat too, which okay. I'm pretty happy about. Yeah. And D Gordon before he got suspended. Not so happy about that one. Um, but I, <laughs> Didn't I work love, out as well. You're yes. right. I love collecting uh, autographs, and pristine auctions makes it really easy. If you're in the mood for acquiring autographs online, you know, not going and getting them signed yourself, but online, pristine is one of the best ways to go. You can add, the, add to your collection. makes it really easy by bidding on items daily or even in weekly auctions that go on throughout the week. So you've been on there a lot recently. Yeah, is yeah. Is there something is there specific items you've looked into recently or is what what's what's the situation there? so i i loved going on that site even before we were doing these reads so this is kind of this is kind of a best of both worlds situation i was clicking around and i saw that there's a signed odell beckham mini mini helmet for like around 150 right now uh going on i think today and i was like oh man that's that's a steal considering what odell's autographs normally go for and then bo jackson also was around that 150 price tag for a helmet and those were just two that i saw right on the front page i think if you clicked around and, and yeah. kind of went through more of these you'd see like the fantastic i mean those are both 50 dollars plus value so I, I don't know i'm i'm kind of 
I have a feeling after this podcast, I'm just going to go through and click like three, four, or five more of these and just really find some Avoiding great Avoiding work as you're on Probably. Options. Like, I, I'm yeah. not going to lie. I'm, I'm watching a David Johnson, David Johnson signed jersey autograph session right now. Okay. Uh, we have nine hours to go on this thing. So no one else <laughs> probably getting, on this. Uh, getting a little antsy over there. It's a David Johnson signed jersey for under $50. Yeah, I that's am awesome. all in. Right. This is what pristine auctions can do for you, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, that's just one of my favorite parts about this. I love the fact that it, it gives you a certificate of authenticity right away. Um, it makes it a little less, I'm going to say scummy than as opposed to going on other sites and other bidding sites and going for items. You know that this is going to be legit and you can get the item you want. It's quick and easy to register, and it's even free to bid on. Um, you only pay when you win the item. So that's a great thing to go right. along with this. Add a whole bunch of items to your man collection. Um, have that man cave all sparkling and decked out for uh, when you're showing off to the friends, especially with fantasy baseball season coming right around the corner. Um, I, I love pristine auctions, and I, I can't wait to, to be sponsored with them here. Yeah, it's extremely exciting. And uh, I think we mentioned that you can get email alerts, phone alerts, so you're, you're always the, in the loop. Yes, and now I know for certain. I probably don't need to be watching right now the David Johnson <laughs> autograph that I'm doing. I can just have an email to me. It's fair, fine. Very fair. <laughs> All right. Now, done with that, we'll go ahead and over to the RotoWire Optimizer for tonight's slate. Again, seven games on Monday here. RotoWire is suggesting that uh, Stephen Curry going against the 76ers at 9,300 and Corey Joseph going against the Knicks at 4,400. Even the optimizer likes Corey Joseph, Ben. I think it's fair to say that everyone will be using him tonight. Yeah, that's going to be a high percentage player, but it's for good reason. That's fair. DeMar DeRozan at shooting guard and Gerald Henderson at shooting guard. DeRozan going against the Knicks at 8,500 and Henderson going against the Warriors at 3,700. Those are the two shooting guard options on the RotoWire optimizer lineup. Carmelo Anthony going against the Raptors, and Paul George going against the Rockets. Anthony at 8200 and Paul George at 7800 Both lower-priced guys for, for what we've been seeing even before the NBA All-Star game. Those guys were up near the 9000s yeah. and 8500 respectively. So you're getting that bit of a discount, um, and the optimizer definitely likes that. I kind of do too. Not foreshadowing, Ben, <laughs> but I kind of like that too. Uh, at power forward, we have Serge Ibaka going against the Knicks at 5900 and Michael Beasley going against the Cavs. At 5,500, and rounding out the RotoWire Optimizer lineup for Monday's seven-game slate, we have Greg Monroe going against the Cavs for 6,400. So, any big takeaways from the RotoWire Optimizer lineup? What's your overall thoughts on it? I kind of like it, honestly. I'm perfectly okay with the idea of fading the top five guys. You know, we just mentioned a bunch of those. Um, you know, all those guys over 10,000. You know, um, none of those top guys really have that like extremely juicy matchup. Right. So I'm not like drooling over that. So I think the Optimizer actually plays this pretty well. Um, it, it does a good job of locating guys like Corey Joseph, Michael Beasley. I think Beasley's another decent valued guy at 5,500, especially if Middleton's not playing. So that's that's only more minutes available there. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Gerald Henderson. I, I think he's at best a low 20s guy. I mean, that's something I, I, th- I think you want a little more upside than that. Um, so I, I just don't think there's enough upside there for, for me. But otherwise, as a whole, I think the, the optimizer definitely takes um, a pretty good approach. Well, and we went through a lot of the the 4,000 lower guys that we would want to include in my laps. And I know Gerald Henderson's getting 30-plus minutes a night. And honestly, this would be kind of crazy for the computer to be suggesting this, but if you were of the opinion that the Warriors are going to blow out the 76ers, Henderson probably gets plenty of junk time minutes and therefore could get a little more FanDuel points. But he's not a guy that I'm really looking at if I want to go lower in price. Uh, That being said, I really do like the lineup. I think that there's a a lot of good things to be going on here. And it's kind of echoing, again, what I stated earlier in the podcast where these middle tier 5,000, 6,000 price guys might be the way to go right now, especially with how aggressive FanDuel has been pricing a few of these, these bench options. That's, I think, the way to go. And I like the lineup here. I wish that it would include maybe Giannis um, in that lineup. And again, you can just kind of uh, lock 
Giannis if you were to go on the site, and then you can it'll build a lineup around him. So if you really felt like including him in there, you could do so. But that being said, I think the the optimizer has it right for the most part. Yeah, I completely agree. Demar Derozan and Curry, those are the top two options there. And Derozan's played really well since the break. So I I, I actually had him in my lineup at one point, um, but. I had to sacrifice some salary elsewhere. So uh, I still like that play. I, I really do like DeRozan tonight. All right, that's fair enough. Well, you already alluded to it. Let's go ahead and get to our lineups for Monday's seven-game NBA DFS slate. So uh, who do you have at point guard? So, uh, yeah, like I mentioned, Isaiah Thomas well, really? okay. is who I'm going with, and Corey <laughs> Joseph. We talked about Corey Joseph a bunch, so I'll just I'll, yeah. I'll pass on that. But, but yeah, Thomas is only 9,300. Again, he was around 10,000 earlier. Right, in the, in lowest the price since the end of January. Yep. Um, you know, that's, that's should be great value for a guy that can go for over 50 FanDuel points on any given day. You know, he's got a great matchup with the Hawks. Like I said, I think the seventh most FanDuel points to point guards each game so far in the season. Um, so he should, yeah, he should have plenty of opportunities to do some damage, um, against a team that doesn't really defend the point guard well. So, um, you know, just, you know, and going off that, um, he's played well of late. Right. So, uh, he's coming off a 43 FanDuel point showing yesterday. Um, 33 regular points. I I hate that distinction. You know, FanDuel points and regular. <laughs> right. But yeah, he had 33 regular points. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's a great opportunity for a guy that's priced so like so much lower than usual. Yeah. Um, to go off. And I would I would almost imagine this is just a reflex to people thinking the Hawks are pretty good defensively. And like you mentioned, yeah. they actually allow quite a bit of FanDuel points to point guards. So I'm not quite positive why Isaiah Thomas has dipped down a little bit in price. When he was at his 10,000 or more, I, I still thought, and he was somebody that you and I both used in our lineups yeah. multiple times. Right. So the fact that he's at 9,300, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Now, that happens to be, again, the sixth highest-priced guy on the slate if we're not uh, not counting Kevin Durant and LeBron James. But, yeah, I, I still think that that's, that's a pretty nice price for what you're going at. Uh, I, for my point guard options, I'm going with Corey Joseph, obviously, and then I'm going a little, little cheaper than uh, Isaiah Thomas. I'm using Kyrie Irving. He's kind of been, I feel like he's burning in, in the past quite a bit, so I'm fully <laughs> anticipating this to be the case as well. Uh, going against the Bucks, obviously, I know Giannis is the point guard. He'll probably be defending um, Kyrie at times. It's not a guarantee he'll be covering all the time, but Bucks are actually pretty good defensively against point guards. That being said, I, I'm actually anticipating that the Cavs try and compete in this game, even if LeBron is not out. So that means that somebody's going to have to score and score a lot, and I'm anticipating it being Kyrie. Um, so I, I'm thinking he's going to get around 25, 30, points and whatever he gets in assists and rebounds is just bonus at this point so uh, i'm anticipating that he's gonna do better than than what we'd be expecting from him normally yeah i think i think his price is a little inflated um because he had a 55 fanduel points in their last game i think it's probably inflated by like and that was four when or LeBron five wasn't playing right that's about four or five hundred points too much for me um but at the same time i do see where you're coming from i think he's got a, a decent opportunity going up against the bucks um yeah, and especially with LeBron fresh off an injury or an illness, I think. Yeah, an illness. Um, so either way, if he plays or doesn't, you know, Irving still may have to take on a larger, right. you know, portion of the offensive production. At my shooting guard spot, I'm going to have Greek Freak. We kind of alluded to this, alluded to this already. Uh, at ten thousand nine hundred, going against the Cavs, I don't think a lot more needs to be said about that. Other than I think he probably has the best matchup of the ten thousand plus guys. Uh, I say ten thousand plus guys because I think James Harden is matchup proof. Um, <laughs> but ten thousand plus guys, I think. Uh, Giannis is definitely the best matchup. And my other shooting guard option, I have Clay Thompson, uh, Clay Thompson going against the 76ers at 7,100. So I am worried about the Warriors blowing up the 76ers, and I am worried about them sitting a lot of their starters. 
But what we've seen consistency consistently with this is that Clay Thompson is the one that stays in during the blowouts. Clay yeah, Thompson's yeah. the one that gets those extra minutes. If he's just knocking down four, five, six three pointers in this game, he's already going to get close to what the value I'm looking at at his seventy one hundred price. So. I don't like a lot of the other shooting guard options. I'm not paying up for James Harden, but this is one of those little middling tier kind of guys that I know has the potential to go off and I want to have in my lineup tonight. Yeah, especially if Durant has any issues with the hand. You know, he, he looked at, I remember when he first suffered the injury, he was holding it pretty bad. Um, so I, I actually considered Clay Thompson as well for tonight's game. I, I do like him. Decent price, 7,100. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he's a guy that can go off for 50, even 60 points just out, out, of, out of the blue. Um, so I, I do like that point. Um, and I'm actually using the Greek freak as well. Yeah. Um, I looked at the three previous games against the Cavaliers. He had 46, which is 46, 51, and 63 Vandal points. Um, so that's that's pretty decent. You know, it's right. not uh, 46 wasn't that great. But when you when you look at if you average that out, I mean, he's averaging like 50 something um, against these guys. I'm, I'm not a math major. I'm pretty bad at that. <laughs> that's fine. I'm going to say yes. That's close enough. And it's all right. No one's, no one's doing the math. We don't, we don't fact check on that's this show. It's fine. Very, very fair. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do. I do like him. Um, and uh, Giannis had a pretty big game against the Jazz. Which is surprising. Um, which was really you know, surprising. The jazz defense. Yeah. Right. So that was, I, I do like him. He's, he's on a roll. Yeah. Um, no Parker. Bigger, bigger, you know, scoring threat at this point. Um, and otherwise, I'm going uh, elsewhere with Eric Gordon. Mm. Um, he's one of my cheaper guys. 5,300. Um, yeah, the Rockets Pacers game is probably going to be one of the more outpaced, higher scoring affairs. So I'm comfortable grabbing a guy, you know, despite the fact that he's coming off the bench. Yeah, I'm comfortable grabbing him. Um, you know, there's obviously a, a bit of a worry with Gordon and Lou Williams now in the fold. Right. You know, you thought that could kind of hurt um, Gordon's playing time a little bit. But he's still logged 30 minutes in each of the last two games since the break. So I think there's some – I think that's still a fine a fine look. Um, you know, Gordon is a is a, a points he, – heavy points-based um, scorer for, for Fando points. Um, doesn't, doesn't do all the multi-category stuff, which is – makes his play a little bit riskier – but like I said, with the Rockets, they're coming out, they're chucking mm-hmm. nonstop. So I think he's got plenty of opportunities to to score. That's actually a perfect transition to my small forward play because I'm playing Trevor Ariza going against, obviously, the Pacers at 5,300. Um, I've been stating my strategy and what I think we should be doing for, for quite a while now. I'm looking at the middle-tier guys at, at the small forward spot when we when I'm not comfortable using Durant or LeBron. I'm looking right away. I'm going down. I didn't want to play Wiggins, who I think was the next highest price small forward. So we have uh, Ariza at 5,300. You know, three-point shooting, defense, rebounds. That's what he gives you, and I love that about him. So I think I'm just partial to him as a player too. But he's one of those guys, kind of like Clay Thompson, where you know he will have it, um, you know, multiple times throughout the season. You're just hoping to hit on those days when he actually is doing well. So I'm just expecting around 25 to 30 FanDuel points all I really need from him at this point. And then my other small forward option, Jalen Brown, going against the Hawks. We, we kind of allude to that as a cheaper-priced option at 3600 um, He's the one small guy that I'm fitting in. This is definitely contingent on if Avery Bradley is not playing. If Bradley does play, I'm taking Brown out of my lineup. That means I'm going to probably mess around a little bit my power forward spots. Um, but, again, if Bradley is not playing, I think Jalen Brown should be in your starting lineup on Monday. Yeah, I, I agree. I also have Jalen Brown, but you're... Com- you just cheated off my lineup. That's why. That's why this happened. <laughs> I might have been peeking. That's no. it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're completely right. If Avery, Avery Bradley plays, do not keep Brown in your lineup. Right. That's get him out ASAP. Um, but otherwise, yeah, for Trevor Rizzo, you have in your lineup. I, I do like that play. Pretty cheap at 5,300. Um, at my other small forward spot, I'm going Paul George. 
Um, so like Isaiah Thomas, this is and this is kind of like a theme for my lineup. I'm 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 looking for a guy who's at one of his cheapest prices of yep. the season. You know, just seventy eight hundred for Paul George. Um, he peaked at ninety five hundred at the start of February. So uh, and he's been in the eight thousands ever since. So this is this is the first time in a while he's been in the seven thousands. Um, I love buying low like that. And uh, George is a guy that can go off at any point as well. Uh, he got ejected from I think the Pacers last game. So his numbers took a hit pretty bad for that game. But um, yeah, if if you're looking for a guy to come out of a slump, um, why not that being against a, a Houston team that's not prided on their defense? So um, he's gonna have plenty of plenty of opportunities to score. Who do you have a power forward? For power forward, here we go again. Price wise, Draymond Green. He's only seventy two hundred. That's true. That's, that's pretty nice. That's awesome. That's pretty you know, nice. He's been atrocious of late. No, I'll give you that. Like eighteen or less Fanduel points in, um, I think, in each of his last three games, which is brutal. Uh, but again, he's going up against the Sixers. He's a multi-category threat, a guy that can get a triple-double um, any given night. Mm-hmm. So I love that price at 7200 um, And then otherwise, I'm going Serge Ibaka. Uh, we mentioned him in yesterday's optimal lineup. Yep. 18 points, 10 rebounds last night. Uh, yeah, he fits in well with the Raptors. He's proved that. Like He, he seamless transition so far. Um, so a guy that can get points and boards consistently, yeah. I, like I think Ibaka is going to be one of those guys that rises closer to the seven thousand price tag as we yeah. as we start to see what the Raptors are doing with their power forward spot. I also have him in my lineup again at fifty nine hundred. I think that's a steal. He was a steal last night. He's a steal tonight. Going against the Knicks team, especially that's going to be likely without Chris Tapps Porzingis. We know he's going to be out with Joe Kim Noah. Yeah, exactly. I, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for rebounds. Uh, we know he can stretch the floor and play some defense. I like him at the power forward spot. I'm not really a huge fan of Draymond Green, if only because I'm worried that the Warriors are going to just absolutely obliterate the 76ers. Yeah. And Green, due to his temperament, is one of those guys they take out <laughs> pretty easily right, because right. he is the heart and soul of their team. But when you are the heart and soul of your team, you don't want that to get suspended from technical fouls. So you take him out right away. So, yeah, potential for triple doubles, yes. Uh, I don't know if he hits that because I think they win by 30. Um, I'm actually looking at the power forward on the other side of that matchup, Dario Saric, who I kind of alluded to earlier, is probably in the running for rookie of the year now that Joel Embiid is going to be out for likely the whole season. I think that he's now at 7000 with this price, which is, which is a little high for me if I'm going to be completely honest with you, especially against a Warriors team that will be playing uh, at least Draymond Green for three quarters, for sure. Um, I think that's going to be tough. But Sark's kind of the lone scorer on the 76ers that isn't the most clutch player in the NBA, like TJ McConnell. Um, <laughs> and I think that because of that, he has to get the points for them. He has to get the rebounds. And the 76ers want to have a coming-out party for him. I think they stashed him away for so long that you kind of forgot about that pick that they made with him. And and now he's now it's time for him to shine. Now it's time for the 76er fans to get on board with a new player that they like. Because yeah. Embiid's gone. Right. Nerlens Noel is gone. Ben Simmons is gone. We need to find a new face to cheer for right now. And I think Sark's one of those guys. So I continue to see him producing well. I think 7,000 is a little high, but I feel comfortable using him at least today. Yeah, his previous high price was 6,200. So like that's quite a bump. But listen to this game log for Fandle points 40 39 34 34 37 43 like make me feel good with the Jesus. consistency that's it that's that's unreal yeah. i mean that's you did not expect that from Sarge at all um so i, I like the pick i do 7000 for a guy that's consistently 34 and up um over the last 5 games i i'm completely on board with him Rounding up my lineup for Monday's seven game NBA DFS slate, I have Miles Turner going against the Rockets at 6,500. This is not really Buddy Heald, lock of the night territory. <laughs> that changes that changes everything now with that DeMarcus Cousins trade. I feel like that 
this whole this whole thing that we've started doing with that buddy heel doctor. Yeah, Mike, now that he's on a he's like team, he was the, the the main player of the huge blockbuster trade. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but he's not really priced in the range to be a buddy heel duck of the night. At the same time, at sixty five hundred, Miles Turner is one of the best center options I think on the NBA slate. We talked about Carl Anthony Towns and his high price. I bet you Turner gets close to that in what we are anticipating to be a high scoring affair with the Rockets. They will shoot and they will shoot a lot. That doesn't mean they make a lot all the time. So Turner is available for rebounding, and the Rockets actually were a top ten team. I think NBA allowing Fanduel points for centers. So to me, this is this is pretty much a must play if you are looking to go kind of smaller at the center spot. So Miles Turner rounding up my NBA DFS lineup for tonight. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with Turner most days. Not you're really, a, you're really mellowing this out. Not, I'm not, I'm not, I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not on Turner's, bo- uh, not on Turner's bag this time. Fine. Um, Fine. I'm, I'm still going even cheaper. Like we, we keep going cheap on center and mm-hmm. I, I'm sticking to that trend here. You know, I'm going Jonas Valanciunas. Um, he's a guy that I like to fall back on kind of when I'm paying down at center You know, is, is actually, I'm a little worried. I'll, I'll give you this. His minutes have tumbled down quite a bit lately. It was like 20 minutes and 18 minutes in the last few games. Um, so that scares me a little bit. I'll, I'll give you that. But uh, he's still a double-double guy. He, he can score it. He can fill it up. Um, and pairing, you know, Ibaka and Valanciunas isn't necessarily the ideal strategy for me because it's, you know, two guys on the same team. Mm-hmm. They'll probably take boards away from each other. And I've considered actually using Clint Capella tonight as well, who's, who's 5,200, a little cheaper. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going Valanciunas. I, I think there's, there's enough upside there. I'm hoping his minutes go up back into the upper 20s. So I will say this: This is not my favorite pick on the night. <laughs> you're but you're like talking yourself back on this. No, How no, is this I'm just possible. I'm you just put saying, this down, sell it, be confident with your pick. No, I'm just. This is <laughs> this is my warning here. <laughs> like I'm going with this. This is my lineup for tonight. There I'm, you I'm, go. I'm happy with it. But of all my players, I'm a little the most worried about Valanciunas, slow uh, solely because of his minutes. This is a great way to end the podcast. Ben is completely <laughs> talking off his, his center pick. He is absolutely not confident in his lineup at all. Those are all the words that I just that heard at the end not... there. Uh, yes, that's that's it. That's apparently – no. you're no. just giving me the win is what I just heard there. <laughs> okay, first off, there's no, no we're not chance. Do, we're not doing a first off. No, we're done. We have talked the no. people's ear off enough today, Ben. <laughs> Fair. We have talked the people's ear off. You have already inspired the least amount of confidence in your picks as you have since we've started this. It's a good time to end it right now. So uh, we will be back Wednesday for the NBA DFS slate on Wednesday, obviously. Uh, you could follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. Um, ben, where can the people follow you at? Yeah, Ben Man doing work. Still the best NBA Twitter handle uh, at RotoWire. I, can't, I guess I can't really say about anybody else's Twitter handle because you are the best NBA Twitter handle. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that does it for us in the RotoWire NBA Monday DFS slate. We'll catch you again Wednesday. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.